I think theology's for the clergy. I just believe in Jesus. Certain hermeneutics of eschatology demand an exegetical approach. I think you shouldn't question what you were taught in church. Isn't that blasphemy or something? Theology. Theology. Unplugged. Welcome to Theology Unplugged. We are back once again, and we are continuing our series on uh, culture and Christianity. Uh, Most specifically, we introduced last week not only just culture and Christianity as a series that we're on, but this specific topic of abortion. I know we've talked about abortion many times probably on Theology Unplugged or Apologetics Unplugged, but this is, is, uh, uh, as we said last week, a special time in culture it is the kind of this perfect storm that is going on and everybody knows it i don't have to explain it to you who are listening if i do then you're probably hiding under a rock right now and you need to come out and look what's going on because it is it is um both exciting and and kind of scary at the same time it's it's polarizing and at the same time creating the, these passions and, and driving people to to really think, and I think that's what we're trying to do, specifically with the issue of abortion. Now, now last week we we kind of introduced it, and I think I think Clint, you you may have thought uh, I've got Clinton Carrie Dyer to say that Clinton Carrie's with me, yeah. but Clint, last time I think that maybe we we kind of went in and and dropped this nuclear bomb and kind of left a mess at the end. You know, it's it was like wow. I mean, th- th- there's a lot going on. Do we have any type of hope? And you said, you know, we, we've got to give people some hope. And I think that that's the direction that we, we've got to, you're right, we've got to move in. I don't want to artificially move in the direction of hope whenever there's not any hope, but I think there is. You know, I think there's there's lots of things that we look at right now, not only that are going on in the direction that they're going, but things that we can do as Christians and that we can contribute and that we can exercise our minds and grow in this particular area and things that we really, we've got to sharpen our axe here. This is not something we just want to come out with the old axe that was the the abortion fights that we had in the 70s and the 80s, but something that is much more sharp, much more precise, and much more attuned to to what to what's going on would you agree we always say that everything's theological and we believe that Uh and when we talk about theology and culture we're not saying here are two things here are two different separate things let's talk about both of these different things we're we're saying no these things connect they're all of a part uh if theology permeates everything and theology has a um an effect on everything well then this is no different so I think we could spend some time analyzing this topic from a theological point of view to say um, how then should we think about it? People listening to us out there and they're saying, look, I'm a Christian, but how should I be one of those Christians who says, abortion is terrible, I'm going to go picket, let's march in the streets. Should I be one of those Christians who says, personally for me, I would not advocate it, and if I'm a female, you know, I wouldn't do it. However, it's everyone's choice, and I'm not going to tell other people how they should, because a lot of Christians say that. And I think we could do some good by, by basically walking through this to say, what's the, what is a good, true Christian perspective on this? Before, I mean, the, the, it, the issue of how do we engage the other side and how do we talk to people, that is a relevant issue, and that's an apologetics issue, and we should, that's worth our time. But do you think that maybe first we should 
talk about what the right Christian view is? Is there a Bible? Does of, the Bible have anything to say of, about Because at the end of the day, what this comes down to, which is always often glossed over in favor of uh, bodily autonomy arguments and reproductive rights arguments, is ultimately uh, the nature of human life and the dignity of human life and the uh, inherent worth of human life. Um, so I think, that, like, with theology, with systematic theology, there is a system. And I think all anthropology, of this is, and, 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 and so that's what we're talking about, really, uh, is anthropology. What is man? What, what is, is man? Where? What is a soul? Um, because that, if it is, you know, just a clump of cells, of four cells, right? Um, and how ultimately, really, how is that any different from a clump of a million cells? Why? Mm -hmm. Why do we put the cap right. at four or eight? Um, a tree, a tree could be enormous, and it's a living thing. Right. But there's no personhood, so yes. no murder is committed. No murder is committed if you cut when it down. you. But yet, some trees, if you cut down, could be a federal crime. You know what I mean? Right. So ironically, but unless it's but, tree beard or Groot. Right. <laughs> I am. Oh, I am Groot. I'm gonna have to beep that <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but. But that's it. I mean, from a theological perspective, first and foremost, what is you know humanity, the essence of humanity, because that's what we're we're dealing with. And I think you're you're dealing with people who, it is they they are on the opposite end in many ways. Uh, but if you're on the opposite end of what makes a person a person, what makes human human, what what the constitution of man, if you have completely different views on that, then that's going to permeate. Everything, not just the abortion debate, but every other political, social uh, issue mm -hmm. that comes to the forefront. You know that, that that it's out there in the marketplace of ideas that we talk about. So it, then, hold off so, maybe on on looking at the alternative or the other side and what they well, what they have to say because we're going to have to right. deal with their responses we, to this. Yeah, we have now we should look at what they're saying constitutes humanity because the ultimate Well, I'm saying what are the, what are, the, what are their that, arguments that that maybe they find persuasive? What are the things that we can we can look at and say, "Okay, this is to be fair, here's where they're coming from. To be fair, here, I like that. To be fair, to start a lot of stuff. Well, and, we want to. But, but I, I say that. I say that. But I don't. I don't have that. Like I said last time, I don't have the to be fair part of it down because I. Some of these things, it's kind of like it's kind of like when we're. You know, I, I, I've said this before. I can talk about a lot of different theological issues, and I can always be see the other side, and I can always say, "Goodness, uh, you know, I, I'm not 100 percent sure of this, and I could be wrong on that." And then you say, to be fair, this is what they would say. To be fair, this sure. is what, you know, well, I'm not a charismatic. Can, here's, to, be, I but, think, to be fair, here's what the charismatic. No, you're getting it wrong. Well, you're misrepresenting well, that, them. You're a, creating That's straw a Christian men. debate. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on just a second. And, and going on to talking about, you know, the existence of God, all kinds of things. Like, I can compare this to the existence of God. And I think <laughs> slam dunk all the time. I always think, how can people not believe it? I mean, we got slam dunk arguments left and right. But again, in the end, we always come down to saying it's not so much the rationale behind it, it's the emotions that are driving this. It's, it's not that we don't have good arguments, but the emotions behind those that are causing people to create alternative arguments, be, it, even in the midst of our very, very good arguments. And I can even under, and this is my point, I can even understand that. I can get into the mind of an atheist and I can say, I can understand that. You know, they've gone through so much pain. They hate God. Well, Whatever it else they want to well. push it out. I understand the emotional argument, but I don't understand anything about this. I don't understand the emotional argument. I don't understand 
where you come from. And I, I've, I've, Why I've, don't I've, you I feel understand like I've been trying it? and Why trying to climb this it? rope and ring this bell at least and get back down so I can say, okay, now I can, now I can get it. Well, That's why don't you understand it? What's keeping you from understanding it? Like understanding their perspective yeah, on yeah, just why their perspective. they should have a why, right to why would they, why would murder they, how, their... Oh, the arguments we're going to put forth, what are the counter-arguments that are decent enough or emotionally charged enough? What's the emotion behind it? And nothing makes sense to me. It really doesn't. Well, because, well, ultimately it is incoherent. I mean, in terms of, uh, well, any time that you're ar- arguing from emotion. Um, but I said, you like I said, they're not stupid. That. Last week I said, I don't I know believe that. people are stupid. Well, no, but any so time, any time you're missing. arguing, well, def- I right? would say any time that you're arguing from emotion, and Michael, that's been something we've talked about as but well. But I don't understand the emotion. Any argument. Well, oh, you don't? Mm-mm. Okay. That's interesting that you say that because, you know, I just had a discussion the other day with somebody who said, who kept saying to me, about this topic and they kept saying but don't you understand where other people why they why they are so worried about this why I'm talking about like the you know so-called pro-choice people don't you understand though why it's such a big deal and I I ended up saying of course yes I I get I you know I do kind of understand why that why they think the way they think but I am saying but I think it's flawed yeah uh, but so what they kept saying is again this is primarily emotional but as I said uh, in the previous episode, if you are steeped in the in the concept of total sexual and bodily autonomy, and that's your <clears throat> your primary thing in life, I mean, like your rights, all rights are important, but those rights right now are like as important it's as any Freudian rights you have. Freudian rights, because everything's about sex, isn't it? Freudian right? rights. Is there a slippery slope that goes on with this? I mean, if you take this away, then. I mean, what? I mean, no. There's no slippery slope on this no, issue you're, because it, you're talking about again. It threatens women. It That's the idea. It, they think it's a crisis. They, they, you, Friends, you, what's beyond threatening them with? Uh, we, you, you, you have to carry your baby to full term. What's the next? I mean, it's like. Well, Michael, what, they're what, arguing they, that it's the Handmaid's Tale, man. It's the Handmaid's Tale. It's the evil. The, it's the principle that women are being. Uh, oppressed and subjugated by the male patriarchy. The evil the, wait, theocracy the white, white is going to like, almost like a, some kind of like so evangelical Sharia law. Oh, I've heard that. The control your body is what's going on in their minds. Yes. So okay. the point, but the point is, is that they're only focusing on, and this is what we're trying to say. Um, that then, of course, it's going to be emotional, you know, because of that. I mean, we should be passionate about what's true. You know, but it still doesn't mean we sidestep truth for that. Passion we, has to flow from truth right. and, and accord and, with truth. And Otherwise at the end of the day, that we're talking about pathos, which is essentially a rhetorical device. And that's fine, yes. and there's a place for it. But what we're getting at is the crux of this. Um, ultimately, the ultimate crux is the gospel. You know, that's, that's, that's what everything falls down to, is that this is really a, a matter of the sinful heart, and that needs to be addressed. And that is the um, that is ultimately what we're wanting to meet people with. That there's hope in Christ, and there's hope, you know, for for forgiveness. Like if someone who has done this. But the point is, like, people aren't even recognizing this this child that is within them, the fetus, the embryo, whatever, as a, a viable human. Or and when I say viable, I don't mean like in terms of vitality, physical vitality. I mean viable as in like a, a person, as in that which is animated, animated a, a life, 
they're not recognizing but ultimately they're not recognizing it because the emotion of uh, if we if we let you do this 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 just uh, there's a number of reasons that they they aren't recognizing it but ultimately is because there's there there they i mean then that's what we should we're, we're hoping to break down is like the if the the crux of the issue apart from it being the gospel which is always the ultimate crux is like the 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 sort of caveat i guess you can say is how they view humanity is anthropology and that is if you're coming from one paradigm versus another you're going to come up with completely different answers on not just this abortion issue but everything across the board and don't we say all the time we've said it a lot of times as long as we're talking about this theologically here haven't we said so many times you know romans suppression of truth they know the people don't want to look at what they don't want to look at what makes them uncomfortable or what makes them feel guilty and as we've said it's so obvious there's not just an it's not just that people hear all the arguments about what is in the womb about the rights of what is in the womb about the per about you know the humanity it's not just that they hear that and say well you know i respectfully disagree and let me let that's not the way this discussion is working in the, in the at the level of the public discourse is that people on the side that we're talking about here that we're trying that you're you're saying trying I can't understand yeah. they refuse even to consider it it's like they they put their hands over the ears and go ah la 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 la, la when they start hearing What's about different about this generation the humanity. because you know that the younger generation polls being taken right now the generation that is that is 18 and below they're all against abortion or i mean it's it's there is some hope. That that, there is some hope on yeah. that. But, I really but that surprises so. me because they're, they're not. They're not that, conservative. That data was out there. They're not conservative. They're not. It's not as if they're on every issue they're conservative. That are but they're against abortion. Yeah, they're more than you would think. And I've seen I it. I've seen that. it in these college classrooms a lot of times. Where now a lot of them, as I said a second ago, will say, "I'm against it," but they don't want to seem intolerant. Like they're trying to control. Well, no, people. I mean the polls today not only say they're against it, but they're against it in all circumstances. Forty-six percent are against it in all circumstances, but there's another large percentage that are just against it. But we can have. These I think some caveats. good has been done by the technology. I think that the increased technology and ultrasounds, and I think sometimes the younger people have been forced to see things. I say forced because a lot of the culture doesn't want them to see that. I mean, like. Planned Parenthood opposes ultrasounds and all that Absolutely. stuff. But I think some of them yeah. have seen it. I mean, these are visual people. This is a generation that is into technology and into the visual. And some of them have just seen enough and learned enough about what's in the womb that it's not some big mystery. And it's like that art, that headline from years and years ago where they, it was a catchy phrase. They said, the fetus beat us. <laughs> and they said, unfortunately, technology has come along and had this impact. And I do think that polls have shown a lot of younger people who say, um, they, they are all for sexual liberty. However, they look at what's in the womb and they think, man, that 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 just may have rights. Right. And they they recognize it. Well, it's intuitive. I think that's a part of it. Again, and it goes back to what you're saying. I mean, it is intuitive. I mean, it, there used to be arguments that of when does life begin? And I don't. I, and it's like, what do you mean? When does life begin? And and what they really mean is when does personhood right, begin? Right. But just the poorly argument, worded. but even still, the advancements scientifically uh-huh. or medically for, since Roe v. Wade are we're light years ahead now. And you, you hit upon something by bringing that up because we, because to be responsible, we have to use our words thoughtfully. Yeah. We, and so even if something like when does life begin is a dumb question in the sense that you don't mean that's not the question you mean. When and it's kind of like we said earlier. 
using these words, fooling ourselves, suppressing the truth by using uh, vocabulary that doesn't apply. So, so it's a it's a kind of escape. Well, maybe that's not what I mean. It's a kind of uh, ignoring the obvious when you immediately say reproductive rights. This is about reproductive rights. I think you know better that people who say that, not, but right. that's an avoidance behavior, and it's like the I I remember when uh, yeah, like we said when some, one of these Hollywood people put out a big tweet after that Alabama thing, they were like, "This threatens my reproductive rights." It's like I, I wanted I wanted to say it's not very nice, but I wanted to say no, 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 no one said you can't reproduce. I only said. You shouldn't reproduce. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't reproduce. Right, right. That's a different story, right. though. Right, but it, it's yeah, not the, you can't. The, 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 and again, the reproduction has already occurred. That's, That's already right. happened. Reproduction the is The moment done. pregnant someone conceives. But when listen, you try listen, it listen to this, though. That, just speaking, I'm sorry to, to do this, but I found this uh, on the poll. It says, in a recent poll that should scare the daylights, this is just, you know, I forget who, uh, what, what uh, website this is, but... Uh, that should scare the daylights out of the Democratic Party. Only seven percent, and this is this is an older crowd. I, the one I read was a younger crowd, but this is only seven percent of eighteen to thirty-four agree with the Democratic Party's platform on abortion. Another seven in ten support restrictions on abortion, with forty-two percent opposing it broadly. Wow! Isn't that isn't that crazy? So here's a question: Is it possible? Well, why? Well, that's, that's what well, I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to. Say, I'm trying to say. Well, we've been talking about that. Or maybe it would be good to know why. And I think. Is it? I wonder this all the time. Is it possible that a loud, very vocal, a very organized, very politically active minority, which has you know kind of Hollywood and media powers on its side, is giving us the illusion that that pro that that the sort of like more radical pro-abortion way of thinking is much more common than it is, because. It emanates from the urban areas where you do have a lot more mm-hmm. consoli- you know, condensed numbers of people, thanks to groupthink, and you know how it is. Sure. They all kind of vote the same way. Maybe, maybe there's, a, maybe we are wrongly thinking that there's more traction there that there is, and maybe the fact of the matter is there. It's, it's not what we think it is. That doesn't mean everything we said before is true. Though we 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 still want to teach the truth. We still want to understand this in the right way. Right. But just in terms of where we are in society, we don't want to misdiagnose the thing either. Right. Maybe it's not what we think it is, and maybe they maybe they're just very well organized, very loud. They have a loud pulpit. Not only that, they have judges because one of the ways that people on that side have decided to go about things is when they look at polls and polls don't go their way, they they then just use the judiciary to get what they want anyway. They lie, cheat, and steal. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah this is, well, because, <laughs> and use the dish- Because in their minds, yeah. it's, the means doesn't matter. The end... That's right. They, and that's one thing, Michael, I think that's, that is hard for me to understand. I agree with you on this. They will... Some people will convince themselves not just that um, this is morally permissible even if it's um, unsavory or whatever. They will go so far as to say... I am the moral champion. And like in other words, they would look at us with the opinion that we have on this and say, you are immoral. And I, as the person who advocates for abortion anytime, anywhere, all the, you know, I am a moral crusader. I'm a very yeah, virtuous. Yeah, yeah. Which seems in our minds not it, only it is it just a difference in opinion. Incoherent. It's a total well, and that's why it's, like it's all of this is so layered because you have like the issue of personhood like that theological concept of what you know what makes a person a person 
and then you have and then you have this like with in terms of morality we have this with morality um, that you know like what is the or like they're determining that we are immoral and we have to say well on what grounds you know what what are you grounding your moral objection in so there's that theological and philosophical aspect of it you know right. they have no as what we call epistemic justification for it you know and that would be broken down and explained but they have no way to justify their moral that's objections good. that's kind of a roadmap you know? well but, if, if but there's it's so layered there's all these different but while we're if we're this. trying to though kind of forecast it like that to say well where how would we walk through this yes. i mean how what's what's like uh, a clear kind of pathway to understand this. Where do you start? I would think, and tell me what you think, but I'll just tell you what, I would think that in, in our setting, given who <laughs> listens to this, that we would say, okay, well, what, first of all, beginning with authority, and what would we say about the biblical passages so frequently used? What do we say about the, the Mosaic Code and the, the, the so-called miscarriage of the woman and that kind of Absolutely thing, how that works? Num- what yeah. do we say about the favored passages of, of those in the womb, you know, uh, before I was... Before you know, I was knit together. You knitted me as, in the womb. Um, before you know, I was the, born, you knew me. John yeah. the Baptist jumps in the womb. Yeah. What do we, you know, low, getting back to those kind of familiar passages and maybe some that aren't as familiar, and how do we, how do we consider that? Then I think we go to uh, the theological stuff and personhood, and then the philosophical stuff as well to address the issues like, and and what are the of key ethics, arguments on yeah. the other side that like not just the emotional ones but like the, actual, the serious contenders you know, that logic, have arisen to say and in that sense we have the classical ones like you've talked about the violin and all that yeah, yeah. the violinist argument and that's one um, what about the I wouldn't do it but it shouldn't be illegal what about what about what about the um, the reductio argument that that kind of takes the logical slope down the road and says. Well, if I switch worldviews entirely, what follows, and we get to Peter Singer, and, and the and the consistent the moral, consistent. The moral consistent. consistency of saying, if personhood, if attributes of personhood like I'm aware of who I am, I'm aware that I have a future, I'm aware that I have rights, I'm part of a community, if that is what gives you your right to life, then not only does a fetus not at all have that. Neither does a one-week-old, probably not a one-month-old. In or fact, I don't know when you get that. He doesn't know. But it's down the road a little ways. And this is... Well, here, here's what I would say. Is if you're, he a if Princeton? you're really asking Princeton. if that's the direction we should go, I think it's fine. But I don't like starting with the Bible on this stuff because I think the Bible assumes most of it. I think there's stuff you can jump into in the Bible, but there's so much of the Bible that just is already there. Right. And it's kind of, you know, the Romans 1, the, since the creation of the world, so well, many things not, have been evident yeah. about us mm-hmm. and about humanity and about this stuff but I, I think that then you can go and go into the Bible passage but before we before we discuss that any further I wasn't saying that this isn't this isn't like split down the middle I mean when you do look at the broader polls it is split down the middle I mean it oh. it's just um it's just amazing to me that the younger people the younger generation oh of those polls yeah they're the, it's, the it's, majority is going in a different direction which which right. gives me number one hope it also gives me hey maybe maybe there is just this emotional charge from a certain generation that is moving on oh the boomers and then the younger generation mm-hmm. is really getting well, a lot of this stuff like you said you know it's the people it's who, different today the people who threw the spark that yeah. started the sexual revolution and and sort of began how this all, uh, where, where all this has led to. I do agree with you. You know, I had a person in one of my classes write a paper defending abortion from the Old Testament because they, they're oh, that they, number, you know, numbers that they're like, they're like, see, uh, it doesn't even consider it a human. And I thought to myself, you know, it's interesting. You, you can be, 
you can be clever about those things but like Michael's saying I think what a person often doesn't realize is if you you know this is sort of your hermeneutical spiral approach but if you see the forest and the trees and you kind of get it if you've read across all the text for enough years to get a flavor of the worldview of the Bible then you know good and well that the that the whole picture that we are living in now of people having free love and then and then willfully going down to have an expert uh, tear the baby out of their womb mm -hmm. that that such a concept would be so foreign to the notion of the Bible writers like they would they would think if you presented that to them yeah. I think they would think or, what strange hellish world did you come yeah. from that yeah. you think or, that's and the same normal? would go for you know our founding father you don't even have to go back to the biblical authors you can look in terms of the of American um, you know um, legal system and judicial and all of that you look back to our founding fathers they would not have thought to yeah I am I could say with 100% certainty that if someone approached them back then yeah. with this argument, they would say, what? A okay, few, we need to write this into the Constitution so they're not killing babies. That we've had a few pagan cultures in our history yeah. that ha might have been cool with this, like the Romans practicing well, they, exposure. Well, exposure. I thought well, about that. They, yeah, that's true. I, I think it's up to you, though, the, the roadmap that we take you know, on this, because you, you teach on this a lot more, and I, I'm more of like, I, I'm interested, I'm part of the conversation, I, you know, and, and I do want to talk a little bit, Terry's mentioned it some, about uh, you know the the issue of the soul, which is a very theological issue, and and uh, does does have a lot to do with the Bible, and I think it will interest our audience because most people hasn't heard that. But I think the other things you know that were that you were talking about, I, I would love to explore those, and then and then talk about the Bible. I mean, the Bible seems to reflect those things rather than yeah. outright teach them to me. It's just already there. Yep. Yep. Why, as R.C. Sproul used to say, why do you need to bring steel to Pittsburgh? Talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Theology 